another episode of Agency Life. My name is Cloda Higgins and today on the call we have Cindy from Hudson Fusion which uh, is a brand new agency. I've never met Cindy before. Welcome Cindy to the Agency Life podcast. Well thank you. I'm happy to be here. You're calling in from New York, am I correct? Yes, that's right. Tell us more about Hudson Fusion and uh, we, we discovered each other on the HubSpot Agency Women's Partner Group um, after I realized I had a bit of an imbalance. I had a lot of men <laughs> and I want to tip that balance over for the, for, for the next. So you're a HubSpot Agency Partner, is that right? Tell us more about your uh, agency. Yes, we are a HubSpot agency partner. We've been a partner since 2011. Um, I opened the agency in 1996, so quite a long time ago. Um, we we um, were a web design agency for many years. And then around 2011 is when I started to um, move towards a marketing agency and started to build out the services that we were offering. And HubSpot was a big part of um, that initiative. Amazing. 96. Wow. What? Tell us yeah. how different from <laughs> um, 1996. Well, we certainly weren't doing Facebook and LinkedIn. Sorry. No, I mean, it was like before Google. <laughs> it, was, it was a long time ago. Um, it was a very different, it was a very different environment. I mean, most people did not have um, internet connections in their homes yet. Um, when I would go out and network and try to sell my services um, to local businesses, my pitch was very much like, there's this thing called the internet. You should go to the library and check it out. It's really going to be something. <laughs> so it was, it was very different. And also um, a lot of the, re- the customer relationships I had very early on were, were with um, IT people at companies because they were the people that were responsible for any content that was going out on the internet. So very different than what's happening today. And what kind of services were you selling at that time? Um, And and tell us about the progression then, the kind of journey. Um, It was all website design and development. Um, And and that, um, you know, that kind of sustained the agency for quite a few years. We, We were small. Um, There were no real local competitors to it. There were a few large agencies in Manhattan that we, um, that I knew of, but we were not targeting the businesses that were looking to, um, you know, to engage with a large agency like that. Um, So we were literally just building websites. There were no templates. There was nothing, um, you know, everything was from scratch. Nobody had any real expectations about what they were going to be getting. Um, They just want, sometimes they didn't even see what was there. They just wanted to, they knew they wanted a website or the IT person wanted a website. Um, that changed really over, over the years dramatically, obviously, but that's what it was when we started. And it was just me and then uh, me alone at first. And then me and one other woman that I brought on board. So the two and the two of you going through where, what would be the major milestones you would have seen significantly? You went to the, through the, um, Y2K (laughs) phenomenon. We all had a great time. (laughs) That would have yeah. been a significant milestone. What were the, the next sort of shifts that you would have experienced in your agency going through the years? 
Um, I think, you know, it wasn't an overnight shift. There were some big milestones for my agency in terms of steps that I took to grow it. In terms of the industry, um, you know, there it, it sort of what was this slow crawl to um, businesses becoming more comfortable with um, looking at the web as a way to communicate um, online. Yeah. Um, and that didn't really happen overnight. But yes, Y2K was... Um, was an event, um, you know, the dot-com burst, bubble burst was an event that, you know, affected business a lot. But really, it was, what I've seen mostly is this gradual, um, you know, a gradual change from a very tech kind of um, field that we were into a communications, you know, marketing communications field that, um, because as the internet was evolving and the way people were using it was evolving, so were we. Yes, that would be the common thread throughout. It's still humans at the end of the day that are, are doing this work. And right. it's human, the human interaction. We talk about that quite a lot on this, on this show, actually. Uh, so from your perspective, what are kind of the things that you're excited about now? And are you getting any, do you get any flashbacks? You're going, oh, I have this feeling again, considering you know, the history that you have. Oh, every day, <laughs> you know, the thing, whatever the big thing is today, you always go into it feeling like, okay, this is where we're going to put all our efforts because this is going to be it. Like this is going to be the thing that's going to uh, separate for us from our competitors because we're going to have this um, capabilities and, you know, we're going to go be all in on, you know, Facebook advertising and then, you know, and then Facebook decides that, you, you know, they're not, they're not going to be giving you, um, you know, your list the way that used to, they used to give them to give them to you and then starts talking about um, the next thing, which is private conversations. And you're like, okay, well, there's all that effort we just put into becoming really good at advertising on Facebook. Like, what do we do next? Like, what's, what's now? So, um, you know, there's always, I'm always having that kind of, um, those kind of experiences and you get, you, you get used to it, obviously, you know, with, with the web part, it was things like Flash. I mean, Flash was the next big thing and everybody was, you know, scrambling to figure out how to use it. And there were all this cool interfaces and, you know, you needed a Flash developer and, and designers were on top of it. And then the next day it's like, it's gone, you know, it's just gone. Right. So what's next? Right. That's so that's, that's kind of typical. That's good insight too. Yeah, we do tend to, I think the people in the agency world, we're very adaptive. We will get excited and jump into things. I think we've learned the lesson now going, a new thing will come up. How does it balance into what's working already? Right. Um, if something isn't working, maybe it can go out to bring in the new thing, but not go all in anymore. <laughs> right. And that's big with HubSpot agencies and the conversations that I've had with other partners where a few years ago the mantra was we're all in with inbound and then you see HubSpot starting to change their own direction wow. um, and you know so that didn't you know for me that was sort of a natural progression but I know talking to some other agency owners where it was um, you know there's confusion and then there's panic sometimes because <laughs> you're not prepared to right. be con constantly changing like that. Yeah, for the people who brought us into inbound to now say they're not going to talk about it. And some of the players <laughs> dropping the word inbound from the name of their agency. Right. Um, 
It is interesting, isn't it? It's, uh, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a new world for us. So, so you had a decision to make. Uh, what year was that that you decided instead of being on your own, you would take in a, in a partner? When was that? Um, well, the, I did take in a partner. That was later on. It wasn't the first, um, the woman that I had referred to earlier. That was an employee. Right. Um, but at a, I guess it was around 2006 or 2007, I could really see how the clients that I was working with to build websites for were now asking for other types of marketing communications materials and um I started working with a local agency and she, her expertise was in a lot of design and some marketing and she was having the opposite kind of um, challenge with her clients wanting websites. So um, we had decided to form a partnership and at that, that was when I had changed the name of the agency to Hudson Fusion. She and I um, formed that partnership and we started um, offering both sides of these services at that time. That partnership didn't last very long for a whole lot of reasons. I don't think I'm unusual in that story. <laughs> one of the things that you would have done differently then, because there's a lot of people merging and a lot of partnerships going through right now. When you reflect back on that, mm-hmm. what do you think you could have done differently? I think there was a flaw in what the two of us were looking for um, as a benefit of the partnership. And, you know, we didn't go into a cold either. We hired a consultant to help us figure out if it was the right fit. We hired a consultant and that consultant helped us figure out how to structure the partnership. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, he helped us figure out how to dissolve the partnership. <laughs> but um, I think we talked a lot about, um, you know, cultural fit and, um, and all of those soft skills that made a lot of sense. And from a business perspective and money, it made a lot of sense. What I realized at the end of the day, the biggest flaw was that our personal goals were just different. I was looking for a way to accelerate the growth of um, the agency. And she was looking for someone who, she was looking to step away from some of the operational parts of a business so she could focus on the design, which is what she loved to do. And that was okay at first because we were small and enough that she was involved in the day-to-day work. But as we grew and I really, you know, I needed a partner who was going to help me run a business. Um, she became unhappy because she was unable to do the things she loved. And I was unhappy because I wasn't getting, you know, I, I felt like my partner was an employee. Um, and that, that was like, you know, that realization at looking back, I think was the biggest problem that we had. Right. So, so there's a really simple tip that, you know, that, that you took from, obviously that was a bit of a journey, but what roles are you doing today? When you're in a business and it's small, you have to wear lots of hats, but right. you plan the future. You go, okay, in a year's time, I don't want to be doing finance and HR. I want to be doing design. And people can see that in the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's a very important thing. A really good tool that I recommend people use for that is the accountability chart from EOS Worldwide. And you can just download that and plan today. Today you're doing sales, marketing, services, everything. But in the future, you can say, I want to specialize in this particular area. And then everyone's clear. Great, great, great tip there, Cindy. Thank you. Yeah. And we we actually did go through that exercise um, about a year and a half ago with EOS. And it was, you know, even 
even that small exercise was so um, eye-opening because the first thing you do in that accountability chart is start to figure out who, who sits in each seat and where you, you can see really clearly who has multiple seats, like who has those multiple accountability. So it was very helpful. That is very helpful. So tell us about the next, um, so the one that didn't work. So then what happened? <laughs> so then um, she left, but I decided to continue on. Um, took a year to kind of, you know, crawl into a cave and say, oh my God, what do I do now? Yeah. Um, actually, looking back, I realized what I had done and it was such the wrong thing to do. It's like I went back to what I was comfortable with and started really just promoting the website design part of the business again. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, this is a mistake. This is a mistake. But I'm also thinking, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do <laughs> because I really didn't have... Um, you know, I didn't talk to clients about marketing and I didn't talk to the employees about the services that we were doing. Mm -hmm. I really was um, more on the operational side and on the technical web development side of things. Yeah. Um, so after I got my feet back under myself and decided, okay, you know, I'm just going to move forward with my original plan, um, I hired um, an executive coach um, who literally walked me through over the years what to do first and what to do next to get to the goal. Like I was able to communicate my vision and where I wanted to go. Um, and he was able to help me figure out the path to get there. Um, and slowly I started um, building out my team and building out the services. Um, and my role continued to change all along the way. Cause again, I was back into every aspect of the business and then, then moving into pulling out, out of those seats on that accountability chart over time. And replacing people and putting the, the experts yeah. into that. So what's the thing that you love to do all day long now? <laughs> Tell us about what your role looks like at the moment in the agency. Um, my role is very much a leadership role and um, you know, in, in EOS, they have that box called visionary, which just sounds so, you know, weird to me, but you know, that's where I'm sitting. <laughs> um, but I, I, I still find that what I enjoy the most is, um, is the leadership and mentorship of the younger employees that I have here. Um, I, I was a teacher for 18 years before I opened the web design agency. I still teach today at the university. I love helping young people become um, what they what they inspire to be. So for me to see the, the my employees that come in, a lot of them are younger and come in and help them not only develop their skills that they need to be successful here, but to develop themselves as professionals in their own right. I you know is very satisfying to me. I, I do spend a lot of time you know making sure that they're out there networking. We to a lot, you know, I talk to them a lot about, you know, it's not about I'm a copywriter at Hudson Fusion. It's I'm a content specialist and I happen to work at Hudson Fusion. Um, and, you know, like we're lucky to have you like that's the mindset that you need to have. Yes. Um, and I enjoy that very much. That, that's very empowering for them. You would have seen then over the years from on this a topic I'm absolutely fascinated by the difference that we've had technology us growing up versus the kids growing up today what would you mm -hmm. say some of the challenges that technology has put on them regarding interpersonal skills versus what you were teaching you know <laughs> those years ago um you know i i read the same things everyone else reads and i can see the you know kids you know at dinner with their phones and not talking to each other but honestly the people that 
um, I'm interacting with here, I, I don't see that, you know, it is different, um, you know, the way that they do communicate, like, just give you a simple example, like, um, you know, our Slack channel, you know, it's like, it's to me, it's like, you know, I, I look at it and say, okay, that's not the way, you know, I, I typically would be communicating when I was their age, obviously it wasn't there, but I don't see it as a hindrance really. Um, not in the professional, um, space, but I mean, it definitely affects how we market our, 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 uh, you know, for our customers and our clients, um, they're, they need to communicate where people are. And if it's on Facebook and LinkedIn and, you know, through Slack, then that's where, you know, we need to be. Yeah. I think just training uh, the education around, okay, Slack is for this particular type of communication. When it's something, you know, more detailed, what do you use? Is it email? Is it a project? Uh, when do you pick up the phone? When do you book a meeting? When is it face to face? I think that right. helps navigating. It's not that they don't know how to use the they're they're used to a certain type of communication and just explaining that rounds them out it's great that you're getting them out networking that's such an important Mm -hmm. skill uh, to be able to meet new people and not be afraid to walk into a room and connect Uh, that's very very powerful that's really cool I do, I do find myself saying more often that I think I should pick up the phone and call. Um, there is some hesitation there to get away from emailing um, clients and picking up the phone and calling. Like I constantly am reminding people, you know, you can pick up the phone and call. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's just complete habit. We're just... <laughs> right. I find myself doing the same. I should remind myself to pick up the phone and send a text to my mother. I need to call her. <laughs> It's great that it's great that she reads the text. Yeah, we, we need a big sign up on the agency walls. Don't forget the phone. Pick up the phone. That's right. a great one. What are you excited about then? With with you know, you've been on HubSpot along the journey, and you're seeing the transition. It's like a glimpse into our future over here in Europe. We're about eighteen months, maybe a year, some places behind on the inbound curve we're still here talking about inbound agencies still have their inbound all over their website and i'm seeing the trend away from that and 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 different speak coming through about marketing technology growth stack those sort of things what are you excited about cindy when it comes to what's coming next um i i am excited about um the concept of growth stack um and in particular, the um, the the integration of marketing and sales. Um, we we work mostly with B two B companies, and the we haven't really gotten into the service, um, you know, the service stack yet. But the um, sales and marketing, um, and that ability to um, share that data, um, to me, is really exciting because it, with the businesses that we look uh, that we work with and we look to work for. They're they're um, they're not yet set with these you know big um, sales platforms and large sales teams. Um, they tend to have like anywhere from you know one to maybe six or seven salespeople, um, and they usually don't have you know maybe they're using Salesforce, but they realize it's overkill for them. Um, and to be able to really tie tie that knot between marketing and sales, and then move into the sales enablement is um, exciting and satisfying from a service perspective. And then from a revenue perspective, I'm still trying to figure out 
how to separate sales enablement services from marketing services in a way that we can really treat it as a separate service offering. It's been difficult to do that. There's a lot of overlap. It's hard to explain to um, our clients exactly where that delineation is. Um, But I do see that as an opportunity for us. Um, yeah, we can figure those things out. I definitely agree. I, I think it's uh, it, they can get blurred. You'll go in to do some marketing work, and then you realize that they haven't got a great sales process, or you're about to deliver the marketing campaign, and all these MQLs and SQLs, and you can see that the salespeople don't like to pick up the phone or something. You know, right. there's a point there for I, I think an opportunity for agencies. A simple tip while while we're here, and I'll. I'll I, this comes up with the agencies that I work with. I'm just inviting them to, for you as with your experience to just book like a half a day workshop to actually whiteboard their sales process and charge yourself out at that. So more like, is it sales enablement? Is it like sales expertise? I think it's more like a revamp on their sales system. And that way, get the sales team in a room and go, what do you do? and charge yourself out for that system. And then from there, you can make a sales enablement package. Right, that's a good idea. Um, I hadn't thought of it from the um, sales process back to marketing. We've always been thinking about it from marketing to this and the sales process. So it's things like um, the sales support materials that um, you want to give to the sales team. And, but there's, but again, it's like a lot of that stuff marketing wants or uses and you know, right. it gets yeah. blurry. So almost creating like a, a workshop for half a day and pull the sales team into the room. It'll be a good opportunity to see who's there as well and just draw it out going, okay, what's your sales process? And then what do you do? And then what do you do? And then what do you send them? And what do you email them? And just go mm-hmm. digging in all the questions and just kind of sit back as a business person and the experience that you have and then pretend to be a consumer and just say things like you know why isn't that on the website and they'll go you know simple (laughs) simple thing they'll be simple but a half a day workshop at a good charge because you and your experience and everything that you bring to the table and then from there you can then deliver a good sales enablement package that's a great idea okay i'm gonna go do that (laughs) both ways I think that is a big opportunity when it comes to um, any of the conversational marketing type type of things that are going on. How how are you feeling about those services? Um, We've been playing with them. I I almost feel like right now that it's a toy that we're playing with. Um, We're, you know, if I think about the, you know, what's been the hot topics, it's like that was the last, that, you know, AI and conversational marketing and that, you know, those are the last two. And before that it was video was a big thing. Like we're, we're always two steps behind where it seems like we're supposed to be Um, like just trying to figure out how to get video into our services. But we've been playing with um, some pieces of the conversational marketing for ourselves um, and developing like um, some bots and, um, you know, and tying it back to some content offers and back to our workflows. And um, it's interesting. I, I, I haven't had clients um, get excited about it yet. Right. Um, so we haven't had an opportunity really to play with it, you know, aside from for ourselves. Yeah. I think it comes down to, again, are they using it? Do you know, if, they're, if mm-hmm. they are not on websites themselves and right. comfortable with the bot, I've got into the habit myself recently of 
going on a website and it's the first thing I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's because of the type of personality I am, but I'm like, give me a bot. I'm the same way. And then I want to know if it's a HubSpot bot. <laughs> like, give me the bot. Give me the quick cuts. I'm here to, right. I'm in and I'm out. I've only got five minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're at the right place at the right time. You know, if you, if you're, figuring out there's no point you've learned your lesson jumping on bandwagons you know <laughs> building those slash websites in the past and where are they now you know <laughs> exactly yeah, the right place the right time so you shared with us that i'm going to call it a you know a learning opportunity of the when the partnership did, did not work out and um, we we all make mistakes in the business and i think this is one of the reasons our agency life came to fruition it was we want to learn from each other. There's other, um, let's say, opportunities for growth that you would have experienced that out there, maybe any other tips that you could give agency owners who are in the early days, you know, they're starting out and uh, they, they might be thinking of different aspects, things that you've learned along the way. What would you share with them? Right. Um, I think the biggest the biggest revelation to me along this entire journey is that there, you never really do get to the finish line um, unless you sell your business. Um, and, you know, early on, you always feel, you always, I always hear in my head, if I could only accomplish X, everything, you know, then it would be great. And you do accomplish X. By the time you get to X, there's, you know, Y and Z that have cropped up and the next thing that you need to, you know, the next hurdle you need to get over. Um, I was just talking to one of my employees the other day and, you know, we were talking about how she took on certain responsibilities a year ago. It was her annual review um, and how she was feeling really overwhelmed. And I'm saying, because you have too many responsibilities. And she said, but it's the same thing we talked about last year. And I said, but between last year and this year, we've grown, we've doubled in size. So Yes, your accountability for the things have been the same, but now it's just a bigger challenge. And so even in, you know, even in, um, you know, the growth and it, it, it's constantly shifting, constantly changing and just you can't have the mindset that you're, you're fail because you don't get to the finish line. You have to think of the finish line is always moving. Yeah. Um, and then the other, the other advice I have is really do stop along the way and pat yourself on the back. It's really hard to do. Um, but what I've started to do is like keep notes of um, accomplishments and the good things that happen. And when I'm feeling like really frustrated or for me, it's mostly impatient. I get like super impatient because I want what I want. Um, I go back and I say, you know, wow, we really, you know, we really have done a lot and I've, I've accomplished a lot and it's been really good. And you know, and then, then you feel better. Yeah, that's excellent. Because like you said, we're moving at such a fast pace. We don't really stop and take into consideration. Oh, hang on. I have achieved a lot. Um, great tip for agency owners there. This is the game and the game is change. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even when you have a great team and everyone's mm -hmm. blowing along, something happens. And right. if you don't like that change, please go and work in a bank because right. <laughs> they're not going to change for a while. They've decided right. they're not changing. So if you don't like change, go and work You do like change. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's and, and just, you know, embrace it. 
I think entrepreneurs in general love challenges. I mean, that's why we do what we do. So just embrace that that's the way it is. Um, I was talking to a young woman who's just starting a marketing business in town. And she said, you know, I just want to know what, um, what, what the steps are to get to where I want to go. And I said, you could sit down and think of them. Just know you're throwing them out the window within the next several months. Like, and if you're okay with that, you'll be, a, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, sure, get a plan, but you know, <laughs> so a long time in the game, Cindy, how would you say, what would be your personal tips that have kept you sort of like you're so positive and young at mind for all of these things that are coming up? It's a, it's a real credit to you. But what would you say you do personally to help you decompress or switch off or, or keep going? Um, I find it much easier now to turn off and decompress. Um, I, I know early on, like every little thing seemed major. Um, but I think, um, I think just always looking personally what my next personal goal is and working towards that has kept me really grounded. And it's not easy all the time um, because your personal goals are so closely tied to agency goals and your business goals. But um, it, that for me has been its own journey. So where success looked like um, a size of an agency or a revenue number um, along the years, like today, as I'm looking at, you know, what's coming in the next seven to 10 years for me, success looks very different. It's, um, you know, it's me being able to um, retire at some point and um, and feel like I finished something that I started. And that to me is my huge challenge because as I said a few minutes ago, it's never been finished. So what, is that, what does that look like? And really remove what does that look like on a personal level from what does that look like for the agency? So that's my current challenge. And that's, um, you know, that's what I'm focused on today is really determining what does that look like for myself? What does life look like after this? And, and then yes. the next phase for you. And when is that going to happen? Because we could be doing it forever, couldn't we? <laughs> we could. <laughs> we might. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> yeah. And what else, what else are you uh, focusing on? Um, so I've been getting um, very much interested into these local entrepreneurial entrepreneurship programs and mentoring because I feel like that's my big takeaway from running an agency. As I said earlier, it's a thing that I found that I love the most to do. Yeah. Um, and so there are a lot of opportunities in the community to help um, other, you know, young entrepreneurs. And I've kind of been, you know, uh, networking and looking at different organizations that have these entrepreneurship. There's one that I'm really interested in that does, um, uh, these uh, cohorts for 15 people at a time and they're really underserved business people mostly who are starting business and they have mentors and specialists and I think that's next for me. Incredible, An awesome opportunity for many agency owners and especially HubSpot agencies. I, I feel like the, the knowledge we got in the first six months of when you get your HubSpot license and you start working with it, you must find that yourself when you stand in a room, it's not just marketing software and people ask you questions. You know so much, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's funny because that's, that's exactly what I tell my younger employees when they're nervous about getting up and speaking in front of um, a group or whatever it is like, 
you know more than the person you're, you know more than you think, and you know more than the person you're speaking to. So, you know, go out there with confidence and, and it's, it'll, it's all good. Brilliant. That is, well, that is super advice. I think we'll, we'll wrap up there. This has been exceptional, load of information. Cindy, really appreciate you uh, taking the time out to share your world. Where would we find you apart from Hudson.com? What, where else do we find you on Twitter and LinkedIn? <laughs> oh, you mean literally? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think I think I'm easy to find. Um, Panchina is not a common name, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm on LinkedIn, um, and um, and you can get to me, you know, through our website too at HudsonFusion.com. You'll find me. I'm not hiding. <laughs> Good woman, you're not hiding. And um, well, I definitely hope to meet you at maybe the next inbound. If that's yeah, that's on the cards for you, that will be fantastic. Absolutely, I wouldn't miss it. <laughs> Thanks a million. Thank you.